Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. You know, during worship, we, uh, for me, it usually centers me so much that um, and it calms me. Worship is such an important part of our lives as followers of Christ. Just to help break it down a bit, the, um, what took place this morning in um, worship wasn't just singing. So you st- sometimes you, um, you step over a threshold and you get into a place of battle because we are, we are always being contended for and there's no neutral space in our hearts. It's either it's held by one, one or the other. And it's the same with your thoughts. No, no thought is without power. It's either positive or negative. It's not neutral. There's no neutral force. And so um, it's important to me as a, that we remember corporately that when moments of uh, standing between heaven and earth in this context, that we, that we don't let up, but we step up. And you can feel it sometimes because the atmosphere begins to change and it gets charged. And sometimes that's for you individually and other times it's for us corporately. Other times it's for our city. And other times it can just be for competing principalities, if I can put it that way. And so this morning, that was a, that was a um, such strategic um, songs and we didn't worship, we did war. And... Um, and that's an important uh, differentiation that uh, I want to make. Uh, this week, we're beginning a, a week of fasting and prayer. <clears throat> um, that's not a diet. It, it just reminded me, we, we're going to need some keto crackers. So many people are on the keto d- diet, cutting out carbs, whatever. <clears throat> anyway... Um, we do have some videos, uh, blogs that we posted for um, helping you fast and pray. And it's really important um, for me that this year we take some significant steps forward in embracing a, a discipline of reading the word. Um, my, my grandma used to say, if your Bible's falling apart, your life probably isn't. I secretly, when I go to people's homes, I look for their Bibles. And I, you know, and I look at my kids' Bibles. I say, can I see your Bible for a second? I have a look at that. And if it's just all ni- nice and neat, they're, they're going to have a discussion from their dad. Because they need that, the word, you, you need a, like, don't be afraid of trash in your Bible. Get into it, mark it up. Um, the Bible, the book is not sacred. The revelation is sacred. The book by itself is ink and paper. And it's only powerful when you get it into your life. The most powerful place on earth is not a Bible bookstore. It's just books. So we get, and we can get superstitious about that, thinking the book. It's all about the book. And we get, I'd call that bibli, bibliolatry. <laughs> Where you worship the book, you don't worship the book. You worship the author of the book. It's a big difference. It's like, it's like, and when someone says to me, I tried that and it didn't work, I say, you didn't try it. It's like someone, if you were to take back your exercise ball saying, look at I haven't, didn't do me any good. Well, you got to use it. That's why. 
got a gym membership. Hey, I'm not getting in shape. No, well, you're not showing up. I'm just trying to help us, remind us about some basic things about, about the Word of God and of the people of God. And it's important that we fulfill the will of God, the way of God. We're people of the Word. That's one of a high value of ours. We're people of the Spirit of God. So the Word of God lives within the people of God, and it's ignited by the Spirit of God. But we also are very keen about the ways of God. Fulfilling the ways of the will of God, not, but not the ways of God, is, uh, is a recipe for frustration. There's the, there's the ways that we need to be making ourselves aware of, the ways of the kingdom, the ways of God. And so, anyway, uh, all that to say, I just want to remind us of how important it is that we we set some time aside, and this week we're going to have, not tonight, but in the mornings and the evenings have time, you can gather here at the church and pray, and uh, we'll have it open from 7 till 9, and 6 and 5 till 7, something like that, right? Um, the, the enemy loves prayerlessness, and we need to be very careful, we're not just doing stuff without being, that being initiated by the Lord, we can be captivated by activities, <laughs> and there's much more at stake than that. So anyway, we need to be, we don't need to, I don't need to labor that, but we do have the Bibles for sale, do the Bible in the year, they're 30 bucks each, no, they're $35 each, two for 60, three for 100, I don't know. <laughs> Math's not a strength for me. <laughs> I'm beginning a new series, um, and I think we're calling it Direction. Um, I'm going to just change that a bit, because yesterday I wasn't comfortable with what I had studied and prepared for, so I changed my message yesterday. I've entitled it Walk This Way, and it's a, de a series of destiny. So for the next four weeks, I want to talk about destiny, and, um, and the it's be a series on moving forward and the warfare that surrounds it, at the risk at, of sounding overly charismatic. Um, I want to talk about things that keep us from fulfilling our destiny. Your destiny has a specific direction, but it also has a bunch of distractions, I want to deal with the distractions as well as the direction. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about the distractions. And this week, I want to talk specifically about the, the direction and how important it is to stay on track. <clears throat> uh, at Christmas time this year, um, I, had, um, I, was doing a, I was doing some smoking. And uh, what happened was that it got cold. I, I smoke meat. So I mean. And, uh, and, and we're having a little trouble with uh, smokers too cold. And so I said, listen, I'll fix that. When my male brain was absolutely in overdrive, I knew exactly what to do. I grabbed the, picked the smoker up, and I brought it right into the kitchen. <laughs> Everybody loves that kind of that mesquite smell. We've got one of those little things that releases oils in the air, and it smells like a hospital. We need hickory. And uh, anyway, so I did, I, did, I did a brilliant thing. I, I just, you know, I just grabbed the thing. I said, it's, it's too cold. The thing wouldn't start. I just picked it up, uh, you know, backed myself in the door, set it in the, set it in the kitchen, and uh, I just was so proud of myself how that worked. And the next morning, everything's warmed up. It's great. And the kitchen has, the, again, that beautiful aroma of uh, smoke. And it was beautiful. Now, what happened then after that, I said, oh, good, and it's working. Everything's working. I went to take it outside uh, again. And when I moved it, because when you're smoking stuff, there's like, it, stuff goes black. 
And so my, anyway, last year brought, uh, we, we renovated our kitchen, and we've got beautiful white cupboards. <laughs> so I got these beautiful white cupboards, and what I did is I just set it down in front of the cupboard. I, had, I gave myself lots of space, I was sure of it, but when I moved it, I, there, there was this little, really, really, really little black mark. And um, so anyway, I wasn't that popular, and Kelly noticed that fairly quickly. <laughs> invisible, those invisible things, they don't work on everything. Um, so anyway, I said, but like, like, honey, like, it's just a little mark. Look at all of those white cupboards. Look at them all. Don't focus on the mark. Look at all, look at, and over here, white tile, white counter, everything's so white. There's just a little black mark. Why would you focus on the little black mark? So I was, I was you know, in deep weeds for a, a moment. But here's what happened next. My father-in-law was going to, we, we'd done some wiring in the house, and what he was doing is he, we, we forgot to run one wire, so he was just going to run an extra wire. And so what he did, and I want you to notice, notice the sound. I thought, I, I wanted you to hear the sound. So what he did, what he did, and I was, I was upstairs, we had a spotter, and he was going to punch it up through the plate and then come up and just fish it up, and it was all just a really straightforward program. It was really pretty simple. Again, the male mind was in overdrive. He knew exactly what he was doing and, you know, got under in the basement. And, and you hear this, but here's what, here's what, here's, here's an interesting sound. I want you to hear this sound because, like, can you hear that? Is it coming through? Should be. Okay, here's the sound that you, you listen for. Am I going the right direction? Here's the sound. It, it, there's a, there comes a right about. <laughs> Good illustration. Bad follow through. But there's a sound when it when it comes just before it comes through. <sighs> anyway, there's a sound just before it comes through. <clears throat> Let me describe it. It goes. That sound. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm in the other room, and I hear this sound coming through the hardwood floor, like the new hardwood floor. And I thought, no, that's not a, that's not a sound you want to kind of want to hear. So and then all of a sudden I heard, oh no! <laughs> I was instantly off the hook. That little black mark didn't matter at all anymore. He came right through the hardwood floor into the kitchen. I know. Okay. <laughs> Here's the point. Uh, I, I want to make a differentiation here because I want to talk about the target and I want to talk about the bullseye. Because they're different. They're much different. He was in the right area, but he wasn't on target. Sorry, I wasn't on the bullseye. He was in the right room, but he was just a little bit off. I want to talk about lining ourselves up and calibrating ourselves this year. Because I tell this to many young pastors, that you are not the target. You're the bullseye. In Zechariah, it says, if you just, all you need to do is strike the shepherd, you'll scatter the sheep. Your marriage is a target. You men are the bullseye. 
It's one thing for us to hit the target. It's another thing to hit the bullseye. I want to help us hit the bullseye. And there's only one way we're going to be able to do that. In Psalm 109, 105, it says, Your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Two different dimensions, feet and path. If we really believe that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway, it is absolutely essential we become people of the word and not just hit the target, but we hit the bullseye. His word is a lamp to our feet. It'll direct your path. If you're not opening it up and allowing it to speak to you and direct you, it will not, it's unable to direct your path. It requires your cooperation. It's sometimes you need a word for the next step for your feet. But, at, at, but, but you also, at other times, you need a light for the whole path that's ahead of you. His, the word of God is our only hope of hitting the bullseye. It's our only hope. The Bible, to me, becomes more and more precious every year. Um, if you were to take, I mean, just think about it. If you were to put 40 authors in the same room over a period of 1,500 years using three languages and choose a controversial topic clear enough to stake their lives on it, you would have the Bible. There's nothing else like it in the world. There's no other book like it in the world that speaks about things historically, geopolitically. It speaks about things that are, will take place, and 100% they've taken place. There's nothing like it. We need to become people of the word. Not just like this, but like, like this. Devouring the word of God every day. How else will we ever find our, our destiny? I want to say, first of all, my first point is destiny has an origin. I'm going to move kind of quickly, but there's a couple things I need to leverage. Your destiny has an origin. Um, at the beginning, as I begin, I love the book of Genesis, right at the beginning of Genesis, right at the beginning of Matthew, there's warfare. And the warfare is over identity. And it's over the word of God. And here's what the enemy of your destiny will say. Has the Lord really said that? That's what he'll say. Yeah, but that doesn't really mean, ah, oh, you know, don't, it's just like, meh. Do you remember he was a snake? He wasn't a grizzly. He doesn't use power. He uses deception. He was a snake. He was cunning. He still is. Next week I'll do a brief theology on him. Um, um, if you don't think you have an enemy, he's one already. Your destiny has an enemy. And, and the biggest warfare for you is what's in front of you, not what's behind you. Your, your, the, and this is huge. And so for, for Jesus, that little little skirmish in the wilderness there, and usually that's where we get tempted, is in the wilderness. It was over identity. Well, if you're really the son of God. Yours will be too. And we need to bring it back to the word of God. The fight is a good fight. One of the critical components in fighting is intimidation. But God has not given us a spirit of intimidation. He's not given us a spirit of fear. You do not have a spirit of fear. If you are one in Christ and Christ is one in you, you don't have a spirit of fear. You've got a spirit of love, power, and a very sound mind. You have 
Love, power, and a sound mind. You have access to that. It's up to you to draw upon it. Love, power, and a sound mind. Direction is important, but it's not as important as motivation. Sometimes you can get pointed in the right direction, but then stop moving forward. And and direction is actually more important than acceleration. If you're going, if you're pointed in the right way, then as long as you're taking steps in the right direction, speed is not that important. But it's one thing to get pointed in a direction. It's one thing stay pointed in that direction. Gosh, there's many things that frustrate me more than people that have begun the journey and then gave up. I love what, I love what Paul was able to say. He said, I fought a good fight and I finished my course. Pray, thank you, Jesus, for all the starters, but thank you more for the finishers. Jesus is the author and finisher. He's a finisher. And I believe that's important. Our direction, our, our direction will get challenged as you so so what, you maybe need to ask yourself, this question is, is um, for many people, one of the key things that stops them from moving forward is fear. You may not even know it. But if fear is stopping you, you might as well dig a hole right now and bury yourself right there. You've chosen your plot. You're just going to stay right there. It takes incredible courage to keep going and to keep walking. That's why I want to encourage us to walk this way. We walk by faith. We all know. Just live by faith. We walk by faith, live by faith. That's who we are, which is the antithesis of fear. So we got to keep moving. Lack of movement is a cessation of life. Did you stop? What stopped you? I found that fear can be both paralyzing and energizing. It does both. It can stop you. But I've found there's been times where I've been afraid of stuff, and it actually speeded me up. I don't know if any of you have been chased by what wolf or not, but... It'll speed you up. I have been. Did I, I told you the story about when I, the wolf I killed with my bare hands? I told you that. Yeah, okay. All right. I love that. So most, if not all, battles we face are around our identity. I love in John chapter 4, I love it, where he says, he's speaking to the, Jesus, speaking to the woman of the well, and he said, if you knew, uh, if only you knew what I had to offer you. And I think for many of us, our destiny, it, it gets a bit clouded because we think, oh, it couldn't be that good, could it? Oh, yeah, it's better than you think. That's the point. If you knew, the prophet said we're destroyed because of lack of knowledge. But if you knew the great things that God has in store for you, if you knew, you would pursue it. Your destiny is great and your future is powerful. What you allow will continue in your life. So I want to equip us for moving forward. All right, your destiny has an origin. Um, the point number two, destiny is, our, our, our destiny is our discovery. Some people work hard at trying to create their destiny. I want to look at the model of Jesus in, in how he discovered his destiny. We, I'm going to use uh, terms interchangeably a little bit. Destiny, purpose, mission. I want to use them interchangeably if you don't mind. You may have different definitions of them. I'm just kind of grouping them together. I'm talking about our why, our purpose. Destiny has a... Uh, our destiny is our discovery. We discover our destiny by, dis- by digging into the word of God. When we look at Jesus, I think that Jesus is our measure and our model and our standard to live up to. He started the most influential global movement without an IP address or an Instagram account. Unbelievable. 
So, but let's be honest, his historical contribution to civilization culture is unparalleled over the last 20th century. There's no one ever been like him, no one will be like him. So we, mo- so we want to model our life after him. John chapter 17, which is my, our text, our next text, if you will. He says that I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Did you know that there was a work before the foundation of the earth for Jesus? The same thing is for you. And I would love to be able to say this, that when I get to meet him face to face, that I'll be able to say, I finished the work that you give me. There's a work that's been given to each one of you. And it's yours to discover, not to create. Just give up on creating it. I mean, create a statement around it if you need to. That's important, that you make some statements and declarations. But I'm just saying our discovery, from my perspective, is discovered. Uh, I brought you glory here on earth by, by completing everything you told me to do. This is interesting because it seems like he was holding steady for 30 years, and then he finds his zone, and for three years goes for it, and then it's done. Psh, boom. But in that culture, it took 30 years. Of a, uh, until a male was 30 years, he didn't have a voice in his community. He was basically untested and unproven. But once he hit 30 in that culture, he now was able to have a voice. It, this, is, this is interesting to me. I've completed the work you gave me to do. I want to be able to say that. That, that I, I finished the work. Um, it. So uh, before 30, he looked like he was kind of chilling. He wasn't chilling. He was preparing to shine when his time was ready to shine. My point is his mission was determined before his birth. His dad had given him a name that would spell out his mission on earth. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. It says, because, why do you give him this name? Because he will save his people from their sins. You have a mission from be- while you were being knit together in your mother's womb. God had an intention in mind. There was no one like you before you were formed in your mother's womb. But before you were formed, you were on the Lord's mind. And he had something specific with specific gifts, specific talents, specific passions, specific dreams, and a specific location for you. Your destiny is your discovery. It's like his mission was waiting for him for his time. And so is yours. That's what I believe. It was just waiting for him. Point number three, your destiny requires your agreement. It won't happen without you agreeing to it. I just love these first few. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. But right at the beginning of John, you see, both John, John was Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. And he was his cousin. Um, I, I think that it's beautiful because his, his cousin actually comes along and confirms his mission. Uh, next week, I'll talk about our people. Your purpose has a people. When you find your people, I think you find your purpose. You need people to offer you. Your work is too big to do alone. You absolutely are designed. It's about, Jesus says it's not good for men to be alone. That means more than in marriage. That means that, means that we are meant to live together in community. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are our community. You and I are meant to be the same. We're meant to, and, and, and our mission and our purpose gets confirmed in a community of people. That's really important. Otherwise, well, you just turn into a wingnut. So he says this, he said, because they, they came to him, and here's, a, here's an interesting question. 
And I'm not sure how you would answer this question because John was, you know, stirring up stuff and, and a bunch of the, 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 the priests and the temple assistants in chapter John 1 and verse 19, it says, are you the Messiah, you the Messiah, you the Messiah? Isn't it? That's a heady sort of a thing. But he said, no, he said flatly, no, I'm not the Messiah. He, he knew who he was and he knew who he wasn't. I think it's important to know who you're not. He said, no, that's not me. Okay, well, are you Elijah? No. Are you a prophet? No. I love that. If someone stared you face to face, eyeball to eyeball, and said, what is your purpose here on the earth? It would be good if you had an answer for that. Because he said, no, I'm not that. No, I'm not that. No, I'm not that. He said, then he said, he said, here's what I am. I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. If nothing else, we're all forerunners of Christ, preparing people to receive the Lord, if nothing else. That, that's actually not a bad mission statement to look, look, care for you for a while. I'm preparing the way for one to come. And so they said, though they were there, they said, well, if you're not the Messiah, you're not Elijah, you're not the prophet, then uh, why are you baptizing? He said, I, okay, I'm doing this, but someone's going to come after me. I just love that he had insight into his future. And he's making this declaration about Messiah. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. You just got I love this because he's moving towards him. You know that Jesus is moving towards you too. Just like when you read all through the Old Testament, you'll find the word of the Lord came. Okay, because it's moving towards you. And he says this, he said, and he said, look, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's the one I'm talking about when I was soon a man's coming who's going to be greater than I. Don't you love that? He just knows who I, he is and knows who he isn't. No, no, this guy is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Raise the roof. But this one's coming. more awesome. We need to have a John the Baptist kind of a mindset that says, yeah, yeah, maybe it's okay that we do some great things, but there's some that are coming after us that we need to be preparing the way for. You, forget about thinking, is my life a, a, a sprint or a marathon? It's a relay. You're passing it on. That's what John the Baptist is doing. He said, I'm going to prepare the way, and then someone else is going to take it from here. This is what Jesus said when he wanted, he said, I want, I don't want just you to be fruitful. I want your fruit to remain. I want it to live on in the lives of other people. And if you're a father or mother, it's living on through them right now. And so then he says, I know, and soon a man's coming, for he existed long before I. Don't you love this? He's, he's restating his mission. I and he said, I didn't know that he was the one, but I've been baptizing with water in order. And then Jesus, I saw the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove. And I know this. That's just an amazing thing because he's restating the mission of somebody else. I would, I would love that. And I need people in my life that remind me of my mission in life. Because even if you write it out and even if you find it in Scripture, we forget. We forget. Uh, let me move along. G John was clear about who he was and who he wasn't. And, I, and there's lots of, we should look in here quite a bit more, but I, I just want to help us differentiate between goals and purpose. Because here, here's what happened with Jesus. Je Jesus didn't miss a step when he stepped outside of the carpenter shop. He didn't miss a step. And sometimes we think, well, what's your, what's your mission in life? Well, it's probably not to become the, the CEO of company ABC. Not likely. That's great. It's probably not being a great husband. That's great. But what happens when you're no longer a husband? Then do you lose your purpose? No. Or what happens when you get downsized in the, in the economy and all of a sudden you lose your role? Is your identity in your career? It needs to be much bigger than that. So you hear what I'm saying? It has to be way more than that. Otherwise, all it has to do is have a little change of career and you're done. It has to be deeper than that. It has to be bigger than that. And when Jesus stepped out of his carpentry shop, before he was in the carpentry shop, he was still fulfilling the will of the Father. He was on a very clear mission. And when he stepped out of the carpentry shop, he just kept walking. 
hey, I'm no longer a carpenter. What do I do without my tools? Well, obviously, that's not my tool. What's in your hand? I love, I love this, and I, and I love the, to see, but we just want to be careful that we don't, find, we don't, uh, that we don't make up goals. about um, Goals are different. Success is awesome in, in a career. I'm talking about mission and purpose and why we exist. Number four, your destiny is pre-wired for you to be fruitful and multiply. I, I just can't read through Genesis without hearing, okay, there's four mandates in, in creation. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and rule. That's, that's still going on for us. We're still meant to be fruitful and multiply. You're not too old and it's not too late. If you've got a breath, you've still got a mandate and a mission to fulfill on the earth. Fruitfulness is a clue to your destiny. If you're not fruitful at something, well, here's a clue, quit. <laughs> We're meant to be fruitful, multiply. I just, the other thing I saw in this is um, when, you when you read through the creation, every living thing is born with seed. So, so all that you need, you have. Here's what you need to be very, very careful of, that you're thinking that you need something out there. That's a trick, and that's a lie. All that you need, I just love that song, Every Battle. You gotta, we need that in our spirit. Someone else isn't going to fight your battles for you. All that you need is already within you. In every living thing, the ability to be fruitful and multiply is already in them. You have been designed, and you've been destined to be fruitful and multiply. And the last point is your destiny is going to take your whole commitment. Um, let me just, let me close with this and I'll um, take quite a bit of time. I'm going to pray for people who are making decisions right now. It says in, in, in um, Mark chapter 10 verse 32, they're on their way to Jerusalem. Jesus was walking ahead of them and they were filled with dread, overwhelmed with fear. And he took the disciple aside and he said, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going all the way and I'm not letting up until I finish the, the purpose why I'm on the earth. Took his full commitment, took his life. <clears throat> he said, here's what's going to happen. They're going to sentence me. I'm going to die. They're going to hand me over to be mocked and spit. And then I'm but spit at and uh, my mom and I'm and I'm and I. It's all going to happen. But it's all right. I'm committed to this. This is my life mission. I'm so glad that he didn't just go part way. I'm so glad he went all the way. I'm so glad that he wears the victor's crown. I'm so glad that every battle is his. But I need to place myself firmly and securely within his grip and within his grasp. Here's my hunch as we begin the first of 2018, which could be your best year ever, and there's no reason why it shouldn't be. There's some who have got moving along on their, on their track, on their path, and something has stopped you from moving forward. Something has caused you, it's probably, and now you're probably fearful to take the next step. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to break the lies of fear. And really where they are, they're up here. Every, every soldier, when he went to battle, he had a helmet. Every hockey player has a helmet. <laughs> every believer has a helmet. It's called the helmet of salvation. And if you don't get your thinking right, you're not going to get your life right. So we just want to help you come into agreement. That, and I kept hearing this during worship, thousands in the valley of decision. I know it's an Old Testament 
phrase. But I feel this morning there's thousands in the valley of decision. That might be you, it might be somebody you know. We need one another in moments like this. So when we stand up in just a moment, if you have not made a decision to follow Christ or you have stepped back from following him and decided that it's got too hard or whatever, I want to pray for you and I'd like you to come forward so we can pray for you. Our prayer team is ready to pray for you. If you are facing a significant decision and all you can see is chaos, I believe the Lord will break those that spinning. I believe he'll break any anything that's keeping you from moving forward and he'll launch you into your destiny in 2018. So I want you to all stand with me before we close. Father, I thank you for days like this and moments like this where we realize that destinies are at stake. We realize that fruitfulness is at stake. We realize that families are at stake. We realize, Lord, that the stakes are high and you paid an incredibly high price not so we could give up, but so that we could keep walking. So, Father, today I declare that all fear is broken in the minds of heart of men here today and women here today and children here today. And I declare faith to rise up within our spirits right now. And we get a hold of this great call of following and knowing Christ as Savior, Redeemer, and Lord. Lord, we decide that we're going to follow you as our shepherd. Therefore, we will have no want. Father, I thank you today that your word declares that we can bring forth fruit in every season as long as we're planted by a river of water. And I declare today that people who feel like they're misfit and they don't belong, that today I banish that lie from their thinking and I call them into the family of God and the body of Christ and the purposes of God in Jesus' name. That's the declaration. Now, if you'd like prayer, I want to call you forward for prayer. If you're everything having trouble, things are spinning, making a decision, not sure what to do, you're caught in a valley of decision. I want to call, I want to call you forward, not sure what to do. You need the wisdom of God to take the next step. I want to call you to come forward right now. I know there's some, and I know there's some that fears keeping people. So I just want to agree with you that it no longer will have that power in your life. Is there there any more people? Come now quickly. This is the the moment of the Lord for you. Just come quickly. Beautiful. Just come up. That's good. Things happen. They get broken when we take an action or we take a step. Father, this morning, right here in this place, I thank you that destinies... Father... Just now, I just really feel delicate. Okay, so lead us, Holy Spirit, in the next moment. Sometimes we sort of say carelessly, and we talk about the great physician, but I honestly feel the whole, like the Holy Spirit has a scalpel, and he's going to be very delicate and cutting away some unhealthy thinking, unhealthy attitudes. He's going to cut away, uh, I mean, I don't know what to call them cancers of circumstances that have kept you bound or held. I don't know. Uh, these growth, things that have been growing, they should have been dying. Father, in this place right here, right now, we just choose to let your word dwell in us richly. And I command every other word, every other voice to be silent now. Father, I ask fear to rise in the hearts men and women right here. My hunch is you've been bullseyes. Sometimes a bullseye gets beat up. 
sometimes it's not that we're doing something wrong, but we're doing something right. Spirit of God, I thank you that your surgery will continue right now. Father, I pray for your presence, Lord, to saturate every heart and mind here. And I declare the day of clarity, Lord, we come. I, de I declare that, that the day of clarity is here, that it's here. Thank you that your word is able to whisper, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. In Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I declare your direction, your provision, your protection. These minds, Lord, protect them, cover them, heal them, renew them, break off the lies, Lord, that try to keep them bound in the name of Jesus. Fill them with fresh spirit of God today. Just lift your hands together. Father, we declare that every battle is yours. That you are the you are the one that's won every battle. And Lord, we leave here victorious. I thank you, Lord, that in you we can come to a place of hiding. And I pray that these ones here, Lord, would hide right now under the shadow of your wings. And as we leave today, we leave victorious, we leave overcomers, and we we leave as champions in the name of Jesus. God bless you, your release. Go and change your world. <laughs>